I'm going down in a blaze of glory. Take me now, but know the truth. I'm going down in a blaze of glory. I'm a devil on the run, a six-gun lover, a candle in the wind. Yeah, I'm a young gun. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Millennial in the Middle. Yesterday, I released an episode on Wednesday that was my first episode back. We go through American history. I tell you my plan throughout the year. And then I tell you that, you know, I'm going to have these reactionary episodes as things happen just as needed that people like to hear my opinion on. And I'll do these shorter episodes intermittently throughout the year as needed. Well, I post that, that, that podcast goes up Wednesday morning and then all hell breaks loose. And here I am the next day reacting to Donald Trump's attempt at going out in a blaze of glory. Yesterday's scenes that we all witnessed are something that I think we will remember for a very long time. Um, It's something that I think in a lot of ways is unprecedented and we're not used to seeing in America. It's weird to see scenes like that in our country um, where, you know, the bedrock of democracy is peaceful transition of power and a democratic process that chooses who your elected representatives will be. And to see those institutions challenged in the way they were yesterday, I think for a lot of Americans kind of forced you to take a step back and go, wow, like, is that is that us? Is that is that real footage? Is that really happening right now? And so I know a lot of you may be struggling to digest and process this today. So I thought I'd come on just for a couple minutes to talk about some of my thoughts on the day and uh, kind of react to what we all saw. So let's do this. This episode isn't going to be of your typical length. This is the first episode, like I said, that'll be this uh, shorter, uh, shorter reaction to basically what's gone down in the last week. And of course, I started with that song, John Bon Jovi, A Blaze of Glory, because to me, I think that at Trump's core, like he's this maverick. He loves being him against the world. He loves feeding off that emotion and that anger. And I mean, just that song, it gets you pumped up, right? And I really kind of feel like that's the mindset Donald Trump has been in, honestly, since election night. If I'm going, I'm not going quietly. And if I'm going down, I'm taking y'all with me. And we saw that on display yesterday. And, you know, while some Trump fans may love that about him, like the blaze of glory, this is a man's man and he's going to not go down without a fight. The one thing you got to say about Donald Trump, like him or not, is that dude stays on brand and will stay on brand until the day he dies. If you remember the episode I did a while back that was titled titled Expect Anything Different, and I basically tied in, you know, like I gave this uh, story about Tiger Woods and how on one of the events, Tiger Woods made the putt. He made this clutch move that was epic, and it was like, expect anything different? Tiger's the goat. That's what he does. And Donald Trump, in a lot of ways, is similar I am not surprised, honestly, by what happened yesterday. While it kind of is jarring to see that, like Trump has told you 
This is what his response would be. For a couple months now, yesterday to me was a culmination of what we saw started on election night of Donald Trump at two or three o'clock in the morning going, they're stealing it from me. We will fight back. We cannot be weak. We are going to meet this with being strong and we will not ever back down. And Trump wasn't going to just go off into the sunset. If he was going down, he's going to go down in a blaze of glory. For some, you might actually feel that's a blaze of glory or in a lot of ways. And what I feel we'll talk about today, I think in large part, it backfired. So first off thing that happened this week, we've got to talk about Georgia, right? So Georgia has their two Senate seats that basically go to a runoff election. And the course of these two elections will decide who controls the Senate, which is a big deal. Like the Republican argument is being made that, you know, if we can maintain, so all the Republicans had to do is maintain one of those two seats or win one of those two seats. And their argument was, then we don't, uh, we get to avoid writing Joe Biden a blank check so that he can do whatever he wants in his, you know, next two years uh, before this has the chance to reset. And as you can imagine, the Democrats made a huge push as well. Like that whole side of it was so interesting to see a runoff election happen that had so much weighing on it. And Donald Trump, rather than kind of helping the party and being a little more selfless here and, okay, what can we do to make sure that a lot of the things I put in place don't get overturned or that we do make sure the Senate stays in Republican power? Rather, he spends his time in Georgia talking about the presidential election, talking about how it was stolen, seeding again that, well, this is a corrupt system. We can't trust these results. Well, guess what happens when that's what you are telling people for months? If you tell people your votes didn't count, the right person wasn't picked, that democracy was basically targeted and there isn't any uh, integrity in that, it's really then hard to turn around and say, so then we need you to go out and vote so your voice can be heard right after saying that your voice wasn't heard and it's not listened to. I think you don't have to look very far to point the finger at Donald Trump to now see both those Senate houses were won by the uh, both those Senate races, excuse me, were won by the Democrats, giving the Democrats a majority after the 50-50 tie and Kamala Harris now being that tie-breaking vote as vice president. By the way, I'm going to talk more about that later on. We'll talk later about what that 50-50 split means and what that might look like in the Biden administration, especially in the next couple years. But that to me, like that phone call, uh, if you've heard bits of it, of Donald Trump calling an election official in Georgia and basically kind of bullying in that blaze of blaze of glory, lone star maverick mentality, find 11,000 votes, whatever you got to do. It ended up coming back to bite him in a large way. Then the protest and the speech that's held in D.C. on Wednesday uh, during that time surrounding uh, the uh, government to certify the election and to certify the Electoral College vote that was basically going to proclaim Joe Biden as the next president of the United States. 
And Donald Trump's speech, if you've heard like his gunslinger mentality, this was more gunslinger and blaze of glory than I've ever heard. Because, I mean, it was obvious, like, if you're not with me, you're against me. Even calling out, I think this is the most shocking of where this went, Mike Pence. I've often wondered over the last couple months, like, what is Mike Pence doing? What is he saying? What is he thinking? Uh, we didn't hear from him after Election Day very much. Like, he has been very, very quiet. And now Donald Trump is putting Mike Pence on blast, saying, you're our last offense. You need to step up and be courageous and make sure that this uh, election isn't certified. And you see right then this fraction or this fracture happen where Mike Pence tweets early on yesterday, I will be certifying the votes because I do not have the power to decide which votes can be ca can be counted or should be counted. And Mike Pence, who in a lot of ways, I think has just swallowed a lot of his individual thoughts and feelings to play number two and play second fiddle to Donald Trump over the last five years, that I'm not going to call it a friendship, but that partnership is over. It ended yesterday. Donald Trump, you are now fully on your own. And then in that speech, Donald Trump basically says, we are about to head to the Capitol and we're either going to cheer on those senators that are standing up against this and fighting and objecting to this, or we're going to, you know, boo and take down those Republicans that either aren't courageous enough to do it or the Democrats that are stealing this and stealing the election from us. And actually says, I will go with you to the Capitol gets this group riled up. I mean, I've been to Trump events before. I know what that emotion and excitement and energy feels like. I can't imagine a group going from that sort of event, then marching to the Capitol, how quickly that could get out of hand. And that's exactly what happened. From a historical perspective, that is the first time that the Capitol had been breached since the War of 1812. If you've ever taken a tour of the Capitol, um, they probably showed you in a tour of the Capitol, there's a spot where you can actually see uh, the kind of the... Uh, the proof of fire happening in the Capitol building back at that time. And they've kept it there on purpose, I think, to serve as a reminder of that. And so you think it's been since 1812 that our Capitol security had been breached. And all of a sudden, we're now witnessing that in real time today. Some of the images that came out yesterday, like, you're like, that's not America. That's not what we do. That's not what we stand for. And it was very, very honestly sad to see our democratic process disrespected in that way and the Capitol building and the way we do things to see, you know, congressmen and senators wearing the gas masks that were put there after 9-11 because they didn't know what the safety protocol would be. There was shooting in the Capitol, like what was going to happen and inciting fear. Like that was a bad, bad moment for America yesterday. 
And I think we can't ignore that no matter what side you are on. As a American that loves democracy and that loves our country, that was a bad day for America yesterday. Now, with that said, from my middle perspective here, you've got to also call out the hypocrisy from the media that what we saw yesterday was a violent mob that was out of control and that the riots and protests that we saw this summer were peaceful demonstrations. To me, they honestly looked pretty similar. Now, the images were more shocking yesterday because it was in the Capitol building. It was in D.C., right? It had this shock value to it that a lot of the protests and riots this summer didn't. But they're either both violent mobs or they're both peaceful demonstrations. Like you've got to pick a side there. And so I do have a problem with now kind of the media that is definitely left-leaning freaking out about a protest where all summer long they have been actually praising a very similar type of protest and mob. I mean, we've all seen the, that CNN image where the, uh, the, the ticker says, you know, peaceful demonstration happening in the city. And you can see behind it like the city city's literally on fire. So, I mean, that's just pot calling the kettle black there. Uh, I don't care what side you're on. Like, let's be fair to both sides that we do have the right to protest. We have the right to uh, you know, to have our voice be heard. But we always have to do that in a peaceful way, no matter what side you are. And both sides cross the line. The line was crossed this summer. The line was absolutely crossed yesterday. Um, I think it also proves that cops themselves are just put in tough positions when protests like this happen. Because think about it. If that really is a Make America Great Again, Donald Trump rally loving group, They've been fighting for the men in blue and the cops all year long. And all of a sudden you now see tiffs happen between the cops and that group in the same way that protesters saw earlier in the year. It goes to show that cops are put in a position that really a lot of times is just a lose-lose. I say that actually as a bit of a teaser because next week I've got an episode coming out where we're going to talk about uh kind of from the mindset of policemen in our country. I've got a city manager that he's their boss and he has had to deal with the things of 2020 uh, as that relates to like he has a duty to his citizens, but he also has a duty to the men in uh, the, the servicemen. And uh, we'll talk about that a little later. And I think this uh, is kind of a cool thing to lead up to that. Now, the other question I've gotten asked is like, well, Connor, do you think those were Antifa people or do you really think those were people that were there rallying? Uh, yeah, I bet there were probably a couple Antifa people there. The same way I bet there were some Antifa in the protests in the summer, but it wasn't all and it definitely wasn't a majority. Like, I, that's where the common sense side of me is like, yeah, there definitely probably were some people there just to wreak havoc for the sense of wreaking havoc. But it definitely wasn't everybody, especially after a lot of it was a group that had just come from listening to our president give a speech in a rally inciting them to do a lot of what you saw. So in a lot of ways, a bad day for America, but where I want to finish are with three different takeaways. Um, the three things that I really 
think about this. Here's where my opinion comes in. I have talked about before that I think Donald Trump could run in 2024. Obviously, that's happened. I, I actually said that on election night, um, like get ready for Trump, Trump 2024. I think yesterday marked an end to Donald Trump in mainstream America. Now, notice how I said that. I don't think it marks an end to Donald Trump or the movement or make America great again and people that are, you know, Trump till the day they die. They will stay that way. But for Trump to have power in mainstream America and actually win in the way that he has, I think yesterday ruined those chances. And here's why. Yesterday to me was the nail in the coffin for Trump losing those in the middle. In 2016, he won those in the middle. Like, let's face it, they're going to be the extreme liberals that, you know, hate Donald Trump and people that would never vote for Republican anyway. You're never going to get them. And then there's going to be the MAGA people that are far right. They're extreme. They're going to do whatever Trump does, no matter, or follow Trump, no matter what he does. But it's those in the middle that make the difference. We've talked about this. In 2016, he won the middle. He convinced those in the middle that we didn't need four more years of Hillary Clinton. We didn't need that sort of mentality in that establishment Democratic Party running things. And enough people bought into that message where even though they may not have agreed with him all the time, they voted for him. In 2020, he lost the middle. He lost in those places like Pennsylvania in the spots that he won before, uh, in the spots that he won four years ago, but lost those that found themselves in the middle. And to me, I don't think Trump can have a comeback from what we saw yesterday, because now picture this, if he runs again in four years, what taste has been left in your mouth with Donald Trump? Well, it's Donald Trump is the six gun slinger a devil on the run, a candle in the wind going down in a blaze of glory. And basically, I mean, I love that line in the song, take me now, but know the truth. To me, I think him putting all his marbles in it that way is going to make the possibility of a comeback and a return extremely hard. And I think the reason that that becomes the case, one, that's in our recent memory. That's the last impression we're going to have of the Donald Trump presidency and administration. But the second thing is, I think the Republican Party itself after yesterday is in rebuilding mode. Where do we stand? You saw Republicans who for the last five years have stood lockstep with Donald Trump, who have supported him, who have justified all the things he's done, who yesterday now are like, this isn't okay. Like Joe Biden won. Lindsey Graham, his speech yesterday was really interesting. You could tell it was even hard for him. He's like, I am recognizing Joe Biden is the next president, Kamala Harris is the next VP, and we have to like move on and do that. And that that's that's where I'm at. And there are definitely people that are claiming that those guys are now cowards, that they wouldn't stand up. But to me, because of that, the Republican Party, I don't think will ever 
find the way to rally behind Donald Trump in the way that he figured out how to get them to rally behind him in a way, still a limited way, not full support, but in a way that he did four years ago. Now, lastly, I always end these podcasts with a positive note. I want you to feel better and more uplifted after doing this. And I can get if after watching the events that took place in our country yesterday, you feel a little down and you may turn to me for a positive. Well, here it is. After all that went down yesterday, at the end of the day, I still took a positive out of yesterday. And here's what it was. After security at the Capitol was breached, after things were forced to shut down, like the session that was taking place to certify the Electoral College votes uh, was delayed or fully stopped while they had intruders in the Capitol, it would have been so easy for security measures to just stay home, to not finish it. We'll return and do this tomorrow. But there was an overwhelmingly bipartisan feeling that we needed to get back in the Capitol building and finish the task that we started out at the uh, that we started at the beginning of the day. And that was from people from both sides, elected representatives that knew they had one of their constitutional tasks, one of their constitutional duties was on January 6th to certify the Electoral College. And they weren't going to go home on January 6th without performing that constitutional duty. And they wanted to send the visual, just like you saw that shocking visual of people breaking the security lines and, and storming the Capitol yesterday. We also had the visual of government resuming, of senators and congressmen back in the Capitol performing legislation, even if it was a little later in the day than expected. Joe Biden gave a speech midday yesterday where he said, uh, you know, he actually called on Donald Trump to tell these people to stop, which Donald Trump eventually came out later on and did in a softer way. But he said in his speech, this is not America. He said, what you've seen today, you know, is a group of people that are angry but this is in America. Democracy still is alive and well. And that comment wasn't just to us as Americans. It was to the world. We for centuries have been looked at by the world as this example of what a strong democracy looks like. That this American experiment has led to so many countries following suit after. And now us as the leader yesterday, we weren't setting a very good example for the rest of the world. But by government resuming and coming back, I think what it shows is, hey, hey we can do this. We're okay. Things aren't as bad as they might look. We'll move on. We can repair. We can keep going. It's okay. I really am interested to see how this reset happens, if there is some sort of a return to not necessarily normalcy, but maybe to how things have been in the not so recent past. Like that'll be interesting to see. But at the end of the day, we are still Americans. At the end of the day, I still love this country and I will support our democratic institutions 
Now, I want to make sure that they have integrity and we need to go through the right processes to make sure that that integrity is there. But in the meantime, I'm a proud American and I'm going to make sure that I always stand for what's right and try to do that like we all should. Yesterday was a tough day. I hope you're doing okay. And for Donald Trump, I'm sorry, brother. This has probably been a really, really rough couple months for you. And I get it. You're just trying to go down in a blaze of glory. And uh, it may have backfired on you a little bit yesterday. But uh, I think in a lot of ways, that might have been Donald Trump's final act yesterday. If so, so long. Let's move on. Or okay. Thanks, everybody. Until next time, we'll be back with a regular episode next week unless something crazy happens within the next couple days and you'll hear from me even sooner. Clowns to the left me, jokers to the right. Here I am stuck in the middle with you. Clowns to the left of me.